hosting is still technical. Yeah. And many people still need a web designer, a web developer to help them through that process. And so we want to bridge that gap. But we, are also, we also understand that we are not trying to also um, bypass web designers as well. They are very important, um, important community for us. And so for them as well, we're building a platform and a product that makes it easier for them to build websites. So imagine a person who, for example, currently spends two weeks building websites and can build websites in 30 minutes. Now he can build more websites, can make more money. Hello guys, welcome to the Tech Point Africa podcast. My name is Chim Gosrim and I'll be your host for today. Um, on this episode, I'm joined by Toba Obani, he's the CEO of Google Host, and we are going to be discussing everything web hosting in Nigeria, looking at the trends, looking at some of the lessons that he has learned in his time in the space. So, hi Toba, Hello. welcome. Thank you. I hope I pronounced that right. Yeah, Toba. Yeah. All right. Let's just get into it. And first question is going to be um, when you were starting Hugo Host, or when you guys were starting Hugo Host, what was the vision then and what progress have you made on it? Well, our vision then was to be, um, at that time, Nigeria's largest web hosting company. Mm. And we've since hit that target and surpassed it by far. And so we've gone beyond. So, how many users do you currently have? We have about um, 60,000 active users. Um, and um, well, at least from different um, data points that we use to measure, we, we are the largest. Um, for example, we've been rated as the largest accredited.ng registrar for four, four years counting now. And um, that is like a very good measure to give you an idea of um, our size in the market space. And um, our, we've, we started as a web hosting company, but now we see ourselves as a cloud solutions provider. And so... Our goal is to be um, a major force in Africa, mm-hmm. um, providing cloud solutions to help SMEs and businesses to thrive in this digital space, digital world. And so that's what we are looking forward to. Okay. So cloud solutions, that's a huge market currently. And we AWS recently made inroads into Nigeria and Africa generally. So um, what are the specific services you're currently offering? or that you will want to offer, let's say, in the next two to three years? That's one first question. Then second, I mean, Amazon has the star power. They have the name. They have the the money as well to back it up. And you're a Nigerian company. How do you intend to compete against them? And they're not the only ones. So how do you intend to compete against them? Well, I would say that first, um, as a web hosting company, our goal was always to be an infrastructure provider, allowing businesses, SMEs, and enterprises to use our services to build something on top of it. But in our current vision and plan, we are, we are thinking of being more of a platform as a service provider. And so AWS, as an example, will end up not necessarily being a competitor, a direct competitor, but even a, an infrastructure provider will partner with to build solutions. So we are not necessarily being planning to become the next AWS, right? What we are planning to do, and that's why I explained that, you know, as cloud solutions provider, our goal is to offer solutions and services that will help businesses succeed. And so infrastructure, yes, platforms, yes. So to answer your question about services that we offer, of course, our traditional offerings like web hosting and domains, 
but now we started launching into um, you know off- offering um, collaboration tools like Google Workspace and Microsoft 365. And now we are now becoming even beyond just reselling solutions to building our own products. So we recently launched a product, product called Muzu, Muzu.co, which is um, a, an easy-to-use site um, builder um, that we built from scratch. Um, and the goal of that is we understand that many of our customers use our services because they want to build websites. And of course, you know, the journey is just not smooth enough. You get a hosting company, so you either have to build a website because you're technically savvy enough, or you need a web designer to help you to do that. And so that kind of complicates things. And so um, because we've seen the trends show that we are in a world or we're getting to a world where people want to do things themselves, mm-hmm. and people are looking for platforms that make it easy for them to do those things. So we're building those platforms, starting with Muzu as an example. So with Muzu, you don't need any technical skills. You don't need a middleman. You can build a website yourself. And if you're a web designer, you can also use Muzu to build websites for others as well. So it's not just targeting end users, but even middlemen as well. And that's just an example of some of the things that we're planning to do. So we are transitioning from just being an infrastructure provider to becoming a solutions provider, building platforms, investing in platforms, partnering with, you know, solution providers as well. Our goal is to help businesses to thrive and not just remain in the background, just providing infrastructure. Okay. So we'll go on to the other services that you offer, but I'm interested in Muzu, um, particularly because Disha still existed or still exists, um, recently acquired by Flutterwave, but it was, it was a very interesting and wonderful service and the founders kind of found it difficult to keep it afloat which was one of the reasons why Flutterwave had to acquire it. But interestingly, one of the co-founders is working on same solution, but like it's different, but it's still solving the same problem. So what's the, what's the, what's the potential? What's the opportunity? What is it that you guys are seeing that is driving this? Also, um, from Disha's experiment, what are some of the lessons that you've learned that you're going to be taking forward to build Muzu? Okay, well, um, Disha, Disha as a platform, I, I always saw Disha as um, targeted towards creatives. Mm-hmm. Um, so Disha's um, audience, I would say, at least from my own opinion, mm-hmm. Disha's um, audience were more like creatives and people who, you know, were in the creative industry, which was much smaller. Um, we are targeting SMEs with absolutely no creative skills. Mm-hmm. And um, we... We understand that there are platforms like Wix.com, for example, Weebly, that do the same thing. But then many of those platforms still require some kind of creativity. Many people, when they get to those platforms, they get lost um, with so many functionalities. So we're building a mobile mobile first application that removes a lot of bells and whistles and focuses on the core, which is to help um, SMEs and businesses to build websites with absolutely no technical skills. So... I would say from the experience of Disha, we uh, we saw that, you know, Disha was a fantastic tool and still is, um, but it still required quite some bit of um, creative skills to be able to use. And so we are building a platform that requires, it's targeted towards people that have, you know, that have two green thumbs, you know, people that really don't understand technology. It's meant to give prompts and, you know, meant to help you to, you know, do very simple things very easily. And um, with our 
um, access to the market space and with a brand, it gives us a unique opportunity because we are selling to the same customers we currently offer services to. And so it also gives an opportunity to expand on that market space. Um, I do think and we believe that there's it's still a huge potential of you know, um, customers that want to get online and want to get websites and just don't know how to go about it. And so we plan to use some of our strategies as we use for our core business to, to build Muzu and even to um, partner with brands. We, we're currently partnering with Smidan, for example, to target SMEs who want to get websites quickly and easily. And we plan to work with some of those partnerships as well. Um, there's still a large potential because, I mean, there are a lot of businesses that have not yet um, understood digital technologies or used digital technology to improve their offerings and to improve you know, their businesses. And so our goal is to help those businesses succeed. Mozu is not a complete project yet. It continues to evolve and grow based on um, user engagements and requests. So, yeah, just watch the space. Okay, so let's just stay on Muzu before we go on to sure. um, other services that you have on Rose. So, um, in a recent interview, you mentioned that there was an opportunity to build out solutions for um, for small businesses. Um, people wanted to go online, but just did not have the technical skills to do that. And by serving SMEs, um, I mean. Some of them want websites. Some of them just want a storefront. A website might be too much. And we are seeing, I mean, Bumper recently raised money and Bumper plays in that space. So how how are you planning to differentiate your products, Muzu? And I don't know if you have any other product that is targeted at the same people. But um, So I'm, I'm just going to the website now. And $7 per month is okay. We'll talk about pricing. But first, um, how do you intend to one, differentiate yourself and compete. Okay, so the interesting thing is that we're also early investors in Bumper. Okay. So we don't only build, we also invest. And so... Um, so how do you invest? What, um, like, what arm of the business invests? Or is it just Google's investing? It's just Google's investing for now, okay. at least. So um we identify opportunities um so the way we think about it um as a solutions provider that provides services to SMEs we are looking for opportunities okay. um, in that same space same customer segments um that have unique needs because i think what's happening in today's world is that customers are no longer just going to um well not all customers people have varied needs and then they are looking for platforms that solve those immediate needs yeah. and there are quite a lot of solutions available today compared to when we go started and we understand that we have quite a wide range of demand and needs of SMEs and business owners mm -hmm. and so when we see products that seem to appeal to you know some of those needs that we are also trying to solve ourselves um, sometimes it just makes more sense to invest than to build so we are doing everything, you know, to be a part of the growth that's happening in this sector. So, for example, we invested in Bumper, we're one of the first few investors. And um, so to differentiate Muzu from Bumper as an example, um, Bumper is primarily an e-commerce platform. Um, Muzu is um, actually intended for um, service providers. Not everybody sells a physical product, for example. Mm. It could be a dentist, you could be you know, a salesperson, you could offer a consultant, there's still a wide range of, you know, um, professionals who still need to get um, noticed online to offer their services and make people know that these services are available and, uh, um, you know, and just let people know who they are. And so 
that that's that's really the segment that we're targeting. It doesn't necessarily mean that we won't play in e-commerce at all. Um, what we've always tried to do is we 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 try to look at what our customers want and try to give them a unique solution to solve those problems. So um, our primary goal really is just helping SMEs get online. And what we started focusing on is people that a lot of people are not focusing on. So you're talking about e-commerce as an example. Yes, e-commerce is a very, very important segment, but not everybody has a product to sell. And so those are the kind of people we are targeting right now. Okay, so when did this start Muzu? Um, Muzu actually launched um, earlier this year. Okay, what's the numbers like now in terms of users? And we have about um, 9,000 users already. Okay, impressive. African fintechs have so far raised over $1.2 billion in 2022. But do you really know what fintech means? Do you know how it affects your startup and your financial life? Well, let me show you how. If you sell products online, for instance, you could add fintech elements like a feature that allows payments in installments to your business or provide insurance at little cost to you and your customer. You don't even need to know anything about fintech to do this. But maybe that's not your cup of tea. What if you want to build the next space stack or Flutterwave, but you haven't raised a million dollars? What if you're a fintech company struggling to get customers, or maybe you are stuck at a dead-end job and you're thinking of what new skills to acquire to enter a lucrative sector like fintech, and maybe build wealth before retirement? Whether you're saving for retirement or building a billion-dollar company, fintech affects everything. TechPoint Africa, in partnership with our headline sponsor, One Liquidity, will be hosting the Fintech Summit on November 26, 2022, at Four Points by Sheraton, Victoria Island, Lagos. Head over to fintech.techpoint.africa to grab your ticket immediately. So on Google's, what's the most or what are the most common types of websites that people tend to host? Well, WordPress. Uh, I, I think from our last statistics, WordPress sites make up about um, forty-five to fifty percent of our websites, mm-hmm. and um, well, that's been for quite some time. I mean, WordPress is a very, very great tool, and it's one of the easiest tools that you know web designers can use to build websites. Mm-hmm. And we are actually WordPress partners in Nigeria. And um, we actually started a program um, um, earlier, um, by mid of this year, where we started training people to build websites using WordPress for free. Our goal is to actually, we understand that um, the WordPress community and WordPress designers are amongst the largest when you talk about you know, websites and website development. And so we want to be a part of um, that success. I want to help people to know how to build and manage websites for themselves. So if you go to courses.hugos.com, for example, you'll see that well, we have a we have a cohort planned for February, but we've had two courses for September, and one is currently running for October as well. The goal is really to help people you know uh, to build websites. We want to increase the number of people who could actually possibly become entrepreneurs of their own and become website designers, and hopefully at some point use our services. Okay, that's interesting. It's kind of similar to what Google is doing. Investing in people who may not um, maybe investing in businesses through the Google Black Founders Fund or even through their cloud services platform. So, how many people do you usually take in every cohort? Um, the cohorts, the last two cohorts, were about a thousand students mm-hmm. that um, joined the program, 
And um, it's a court that, you know, the goal is that we have six modules and on an average, every module is released um, every week. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, a, it's a very easy to use platform. The videos are pre-recorded with quizzes to test um, students' understanding of the content that they learned. Mm-hmm. The goal and the target is people that have no technical skills and no idea of what WordPress is. So it's really for newbies. All they need is internet access and it's there to learn. And that's all that they need. And we've seen a lot of success stories. People who had absolutely idea not, they didn't even know what WordPress was and they were building websites. And it's really heartwarming to see that we could actually add value to people's lives. So our primary goal really is to give back to the community that has given us so much already and to help people to gain skills that will be useful for them. So we want to help people, want to be part of people's journey to get into success. So are the courses free? Absolutely. All right. So let's talk about your Africa dreams or vision. What's the plan from Nigeria to Africa? How do you intend to get to serve the other 53 countries? Well, we want to start by identifying um, countries that are very similar to Nigeria, Kenya, Ghana as a start. We currently have a registered company in Kenya. And... Um, as a cloud solutions provider, why not just think about web hosting? Our goal really is the same thing we're trying to do in Nigeria. Web hosting has gotten us to where we are, but we know that the future is beyond just web hosting. Future is solutions. And so Muzu, for example, is one of the things that we plan to use to get into this market. And um, so our goal is to start with markets very similar to us and from there, you know, expand our reach and um, our influence. Okay. So what's the size of Google now? Um, I mean... You've been around for a while. So what's the size? How many staff do you have? Um, what? How many customers do you serve across all verticals? Um, we have a staff strength of about 70 people, 70 plus. Okay. Our customer base is about 60,000 plus. Mm-hmm. And of course, we have about, currently we had a milestone of about 100,000 active domains. I think that was July, August, I guess. And so what we actually plan to do now is to identify new verticals and um, Muzu for example is one of the key things that I want to um, use to um, get access to even unique markets because hosting is still technical and many people still need a web designer or web developer to help them through that process and so we want to bridge that gap but we we also understand that we are not trying to also um, bypass web designers as well. They are very important, um, important community for us. And so for them as well, we're building a platform and a product that makes it easier for them to build websites. So imagine a person who, for example, currently spends two weeks building websites and can build websites in 30 minutes. I can build more websites, can make more money. So mm-hmm. our goal is to empower the community of web designers and also help end users as well. Okay. Do you have customers outside Nigeria right now? Oh, absolutely. Um, um, what's the proportion like? Well, um, Nigerians are the largest by far, but I'll say um, we have about 10% of our customers outside the country. Okay. Um, our goals or goal, goal of our market diversification, we've just started because we're trying to you know, develop the market in Nigeria fully. And so our next step is um, with Muzu and with some of the things we're trying to is to actually expand beyond Nigeria and become more aggressive about that. Okay. So, um, I can't remember the first time I heard about Hugo's or discovered it. I think I was probably trying to host a website and I needed a local solution. Or I wanted a local solution. I can't remember why. Um, but I tried, I did some research online and there was always, 
I mean, most of the content was always don't use any Nigerian host, don't use local host at all. And um, I used one. I, I won't be naming names, even though I've forgotten the name. But I used one at some point, and I think a week or two weeks later, I ran into some problems. Tried to resolve it, and it was, in fact, it was very difficult. There was a lot of back and forth, and I just had to leave it at some point. Um, first, why do you think? I mean, you've probably got to some of these um, responses. So why do you think Nigerians are more interested or are more willing to host websites on foreign platforms? And would you say that sentiment has changed in the last five or six years? Well, I would say that it's not unique to hosting. It's basically everything Nigerian. Okay. Um, first off, even before anybody uses your product as any personal experience with your local product, once they see that there's a foreign alternative that we're quick to pick it up because um, we've um, always grown to be made to believe that foreign products are always better than local alternatives and it's one of the biggest challenges that we have in the Nigerian economy today and that's one of the reasons why local production is, is usually very hard you know think about it you have a shoe made here in Nigeria and you have a shoe from Italy, you'll be probably willing to pay much more for the shoe in Italy because you believe that's of better quality. Yeah. Sometimes it's true, sometimes it's not. And because we we have not seen as much demand in Nigerian products as we should, considering our population, it means that development is also much slower. Many of the countries that we invest and spend money in and they are trusting, believing their products, we actually help to build those economies. Those solutions were not those, that great when they started off. And sometimes, um, because we we are not as um, experienced as some of these providers that are available globally, we may not have the same level of skill, and we not have the same level of um, because without benefit economies of scale, and so there are definitely some things that we definitely cannot compete with. But I do believe that um, if we had a lot more, you know, interest and trust in our products, look at China. China's economy grew really because um, there was local consumption. And now China has an almost every industry are coming up tops because once the demand came in, then there was enough to even invest more to build. But that doesn't seem to be the case in Nigeria. It's not unique to hosting. But to answer your question directly, the sentiments have improved, but not it's still there. I mean, and part of all the other reasons is that, I mean, anybody can start a hosting company today. All you just need is you create a reseller account with anybody and just say you have a listening company. And, you know, sometimes you can't reach such people, you know, they disappoint you and then you just feel that that's the same experience across board. Um, I would say that um, Google's, for example, has invested heavily in trying to give the best of services, but services fail. I mean, services fail everywhere. Mm-hmm. And um, I wouldn't say that we've been 100%. Nobody can promise that. But you see... Uh, I'll give you an example. There was a hosting provider that we were using many years ago when we were much smaller. And so we had our infrastructure with them, a very popular hosting provider. And they went down. And they went down, including all their, because and they were owned by a group, and all, basically almost all their hosting providers went down. And of course, we we're down as well. But guess what? People thought so because we're Nigerian. You know, and of course, it was difficult to explain that even the reason why we're down is not because of anything that's doing Nigeria. And many service providers that have issues, not because they are even using Nigerian service providers. So the point I'm trying to make is that there's just a stigma mm-hmm. that's attached to Nigerian solutions and products. 
I, I think that as we are gradually getting to the point where we are building solutions that are so unique that you can't easily find alternatives, people have very little choice. And when they have very little choice, we are seeing great growth. I'll give you an example of Paystack. You know, PayPal has been around for many years, and PayPal refused to allow Nigerian merchants to use PayPal to accept payments globally. And we didn't have any very, I mean, there was QuickTeller, but there were so many orders to use QuickTeller at that time. And then products like Paystack came on board. And guess what? A lot of people are using Paystack, a lot of people are using FortaWave. And why is that? Because there's no international option. And when we start using it, what has happened? These products have become global. I mean, they've, they've, we've seen a lot of interest and investment, and they've really grown. And that's because there's no option. We have to use them. And as we use them, we are seeing that actually great solutions. And a lot of great solutions are coming out of Nigeria. I think that as we continue to build products that are unique to us, that you can't find any alternative out there, and people have no choice but to use them, we'd eventually see that great things can come from Nigeria. And we've been seeing that, I mean, it's just once there's a, an international option, it's always considered better. Hi, I'm Abisala Adenoga, the head of business at TechPoint Africa. Did you know that you could present yourself as a reputable brand leader? Did you know that your business can get the limelight it deserves? Now you do. Using TechPoint Africa's marketing tools, we can put you in the faces of a large audience for brand awareness and thought leadership. To do this, reach out to us by sending an email to business at techpoint.africa or click on the link in the description below. So, Tova, um, you mentioned something about Nigerians always choosing the foreign alternative, and in my experience, that's also true. Um, but you also mentioned that as we build more local solutions that just can't be uh, duplicated or provided by other um, other other people that we would have more adoption. Um, so the issue here now is, especially for tech, um, there's increasing attention on Africa. There's a lot more money coming in. And because of that money, there's, there's the assumption that Africa is basically the next big thing. And that's attracting a whole lot of people. We are seeing a lot of founders who are not necessarily African who are coming into this space. And usually because they have the advantage, now most of the money we, that, we, that goes into our startups are coming from foreign, um, foreign countries or foreign visas. And by, just by virtue of you know, having the same skin color, the same race, it's easier for me as an American to raise money to build a solution in Africa than an African doing that. So let's assume um, this, this is a hypothetical scenario that I'm sure is playing out in several parts of Africa. So let's assume some white guy decides, oh, a lot of Africans are coming online. Uh, maybe I should go there and provide a service. And then because they have these advantages as well, they're able to raise a lot more money. Um, how do you think you can compete against them if they decide to go that route? Well, um, many investors prefer to work with um, local providers than building something and bringing their guy to Africa to do something because it, there's always a tough advantage, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that what we need to do, the, only, the easiest way to solve that problem is to build the solutions first. I mean, like you mentioned, there have been a lot of investment coming into even um, locally grown products. Um, I think that it's only when there isn't a local option that is viable enough that they would risk. I mean, there, there's a lot of risk, right? Mm -hmm. Coming into Nigeria and investing and pumping money when you have absolutely no clue how the economy works. So 
I think that if we have more local products, then they can invest in those instead of coming in. But, I mean, it's possible that they may have a solution that works elsewhere and they want to bring it in. For example, Netflix is coming in. For example, mm. we have um, Amazon Prime now. It's also in the country. And um, when we talk about competing against, um, you know, when there's money, I think that one of the advantages that we have is because we understand the people, um, we can actually try to ensure that we build a product that is just difficult to ignore. Think about it. Stripe could have come to, to Nigeria, right? But it just made no sense for them when there was a pay stack, you know? So the way I think about it is this, this gives us a great opportunity as we see a lot of people look into Africa, it means that we need to build our solutions, we need to solve our problems. And then when we do solve our problems and when they decide that they want to come in, they would have no choice but to work with us. Mm-hmm. Um, because it just makes more business sense that way. Um, but yes, there's always that risk of you know one big brand coming in and then pumping a lot of money and wiping out um, a lot of local competition and I mean, it's business. The, <laughs> the only way to fight against that is to build a product that can it's hard to ignore um, or partner with others. I really do wish that we work more collaborative together in Nigeria. Mm-hmm. I think that's another thing that is lacking. For example, we, are, we have so many variants of the same products. I mean, maybe we yeah. need to partner more. Maybe it's time for us to build bigger products. That Because really, the way I think about it is if we had big products that are difficult to ignore, they would want to invest in instead of coming in right and um, sometimes i've seen examples of where they would acquire a local product and maybe put the just brand it with their their big names right because they already have the customer base they already understand the users um so maybe more collaboration i think that we need to understand that like rightly said there's a threat and if we work better together and build something big and difficult to ignore instead of um launching something against that they want to partner with us okay interesting so the way i'm seeing it uh i someone who Someone could actually build a solution and then just keep on going for that acquisition by a bigger, um, a bigger brand. Um, so personally, for Hugo, what are some solutions you've taken or some steps you've taken in order to one make it easier for customers to trust you? Because that's a big problem. So, what are some of the steps you've taken to build customer trust and to increase your market share? That so. Talking your growth marketing, I don't know if that's something you'd want to share. Well, of course, I can't I can say everything, <laughs> <laughs> but um, what, what I would say is that um, we've invested heavily in you know trying to improve the quality of service that we are customers because, like you rightly mm-hmm. said, um, customers are already skittish when it comes to using local providers, so any, any flow in quality they are quick to jump out. I wouldn't say that it's been perfect because infrastructure as it is, is you know, it's just that way. It could, it could be very, very finicky, but we've invested heavily. So we've invested heavily. Um, we have a 24-7 customer support tech services team. We are building, um, I mean, one of the risks to our business and for many tech businesses like us is the jackpot syndrome, <laughs> right? Yeah. So we, are, we are actually, um, I, I was reading recently about banks, and how they are threatened by you know so many people living, especially in the, the IT teams, and there's there's a real scare of the impact that will have, and that is happening across you know um, you know several Nigerian brands, especially technology firms. So what we're trying to do is to build um, build, for example, using our free WordPress. That's just one. We're also planning to launch 
a free server administrator program as well to teach people how to use Linux. Um, part of the things we're trying to do is also build a pool because one of the problems that we have in our country is that these skills are not readily available. Mm-hmm. And so replace their cost of replacement is quite high. Yeah. So we want to build pools where we're trying to get um, to have the best skilled people on board and to ensure that we're able to deliver the best of services. And then um, what we plan to do next is that we're partnering with brands um, mm-hmm. that have um, some of the audiences that we're looking at and that can that need our services. And um, we, we're just looking at, you know, our marketing strategy is really building solutions, educating and informing users about the importance of using those solutions because one of the advantages we have over the um, international options is the fact that we have access, direct access to markets. And we can see clearly that a lot of people still don't understand the need of going digital. And um, what we're using that the information that we have is to, we use it to educate, we use it to understand solutions that we need to create that will solve those unique problems for Nigerian businesses and African businesses at large. So um, we have an R&D team that uses the data that we get from our research um, from the market space to identify solutions that we can build. So in a nutshell, what one of the things that makes us different is that we continue to in, in, in improve our internal processes and even improve our offerings and sometimes tweak those offerings to meet the demands of our users. So, I mean, that's just a, just a few things that we're working towards. So, you recently got accredited by ICANN. Um, what does that mean for your customers? Okay, so becoming ICANN accredited is a big deal. Um, we are only the second in Nigeria to, to be so, and there are very few accredited ICANN um, registrars in Africa. Becoming ICANN accredited simply means that we deal directly with registries like verisign4.com and .net and pir4.org. Mm. With the, an organization outside, one would have thought would be ICANN accredited before now. But the requirements are quite quite steep and tedious. And for us, it's always been, you know what, we are finding the way we are we're able to offer the service to our customers. But now that we're directly um, accredited for our customers, what that means is that we're able to get better pricing. We're able to mm also engage directly with these um, registries to find um, unique um, unique um, products for Africa because um, these registries sometimes want to improve their um, their coverage in a particular region and once they have registrars who are in those regions it helps them to come up with something unique to sign up new customers and so we think that it gives us an opportunity for us to have this kind of conversations especially because of our size and so we think that what customers will see mostly is better pricing but also allows us to give better support because now there is no third party we have direct access to registries and hopefully to help us improve the support that we to our customers as well okay um so you have a your local um, service provider and I'm sure you want a lot more people to host, to host their websites on your platform. Um, can you make a case, a very, very compelling case, for people to use Google Host over foreign uh, providers? A compelling case. How do you convince someone's mind is made? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would say that, I mean, we've come to realize that um, some people will never use Google Host, no matter, even if we sell the services for free, and it's understandable, mm-hmm. simply because, I mean, to be to be fair, our, our history has not been perfect. Um, as a great company, we've had some 
instances where we didn't give the best of services to our customers and that has given some people PTSD and as <laughs> some people have been made it, you know made a case against us so many times because of those issues one thing people don't realize is that many of the providers they are choosing have had even worse in their history but that's what happens because people just feel that once it's international it's perfect and that's not true okay but like i said just being just being an african com- company is already a disadvantage so anything that goes wrong goes very wrong because people just feel that it's because you are a nigerian provider you don't have the right resources or whatnot um but to give a compelling case i mean with the current uh, dollar situation and the way things are going, it's become more and more difficult for people to pay for services globally using the air cards. In fact, some banks are even making it impossible to use the debit cards anymore, Naira debit cards. And so for people who want to make payments in, in Nigeria, I mean, they want to pay, make payments, it's just easier to pay in Naira. And that's one of the biggest values that we offer to our customers. The fact that you don't have to worry about paying for your services, you can pay in local currency. Beyond that, um, one of the advantages of using our services is we have local support. One thing I've come to realize from our experience is that Nigerian customers are more, we ask a lot more questions. We need a lot more handholding. Um, if you use a foreign provider, they, 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 most times they just tell you that this is it. And if you don't know what to do, you can get completely lost. You know, And so we actually have a, a customer support team that is, tailored for Nigerian customers and I think that's why some people continue to use us today because they, they can't easily make those calls they can't easily, even they chat and they get responses, sometimes they are too high level for, for them and so our customer support and ability to make payments locally and you know just the fact that we also offer um, services that are more affordable um, for our Nigerian customers because we know that many people can afford to pay some of those expensive fees. And so, like I said, for those who need our services, they would definitely love some of those things, but this may not definitely be enough for people who already have their ways of paying and they've chosen not to to use their Nigerian provider. But for those who are open-minded and who are willing to try us, we would love to have them on board. Interesting. So there's a lot, a lot of... Um a lot of lessons to take out from there. I wish I had a lot more time. But let's end with your predictions or your expectations for the web hosting space in Africa. Well, I think there will be a lot of acquisitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Is it always planning to make any? <laughs> <laughs> well, working towards it as well. But I think that there will be a lot of um, collaborations, either um, mergers or mm. acquisitions, either from outside or within. Because really, hosting is quite a lot of work. It's a lot. Of, it's very operational and requires a lot of technical skills. And you know, um, so I predict that the web hosting companies would will, will come together and they'll be fewer instead of having so many spread out. But I also think that um, we'll, web hosting will probably grow beyond just being infrastructure and mm. probably more of platform services. Um, people will still have websites, the traditional sense of websites that we have. But I think people would also be more um, platform-driven and choosing platforms, not just websites. So you have the technical guys who need websites to build whatever they want, or you have the you know regular Joes that are looking for a platform like WhatsApp because I want to be able to communicate people, for a platform like Shopify because I want to build an e-commerce platform. You know, so the idea is that we'll probably start seeing web hosting companies play and double more into you know offering these services and these platforms um, easily to customers. That's 
focuses on the need because web boosting was always created as a platform that can do anything with right so mm. you can build an e-commerce site you can build uh, any kind of platform you can code and write anything that does anything but we also have platforms that specific solve specific problems so i i, I predict that we'll start seeing web boosting companies give people those options as well all right so thank you so much for your time but before we go Thank you so much for staying with us. Thank you, Toba, for coming over. Thank it was you. nice talking to you. Same here. Thank you. All right. Bye.